Amen. Hey, once again, we are in our study. Wow, I forgot to put it up here. World religions. Anybody can speak faster than that? Colts and the Occult. All right. And Mary, speak slowly so I can write it up here. It's number 14. And what is it? Witchcraft and the rise. I'll just put Wicca up there. You know what I'm talking about. All right. Hey, and forget the recap because I ain't got time for that. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, but anyway, that's right. We're in our study, uh, Witchcraft and the Rise of Wicca. Number 14 in our study. And uh, we've already seen the definition of witchcraft, the types of witches, the location of witches, the protection of witches. And the last eight times, of course, we're dealing with the aspect of the history of witchcraft. And what we've been seeing is this aspect called Wicca, which literally means witchcraft. Hello, how do you say that's not witchcraft? Uh, that's what the name means. Uh, but it's nothing new under the sun. Okay, it's all part of the old-fashioned occult practices that started, unfortunately, at the Tower of Babel, and then when God confused the languages, spread over the earth. Okay, in a massive deal. And just like the Bible says, uh, the first place it started was Babylon. Okay, but it went from there. It went to Babylon, to Egypt, to Greece, to Rome, to Asia, to India, the island countries, to Africa. And then last time we hopped the pond and where to go. Just like God said, mankind traversed. We did the uh, Genesis 10, uh, traversed back and forth. It was not during 1492 and when Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. It was long before that, just like God said. And so guess what they brought over to the Latin America side? Witchcraft, unfortunately, cold. And boy, did they get into it. Witchcraft, we saw last week, if you were here, it didn't just permeate their cultures. It was all over the place. In fact, they took it to a whole new horrible level. Uh, as we saw there, okay, uh, in fact, uh, a murderous level. You thought it was bad in Asia and Africa? Pooh-wee. Last week we saw uh, it was bad in Latin America. You saw that certainly with the Mayans, and the Mayans didn't just practice witchcraft. What did it lead to? Human sacrifice. What a bloody, horrible, murderous uh, uh, entities uh, these were. And you wonder why eventually uh, God chose fit to use other people to take that culture out. Okay, this is not good. And it wasn't just uh, the prisoners and the people, the slaves that they would hold captive that would kill on a massive level. Uh, everybody got into it, bloodletting. You can cut yourself, your tongue, your ears, and all that kind of stuff. It was gross. In fact, you're thinking, well, at least they got sports, right? Didn't they invent soccer or something like that? No, they're ball games, man. It was all about human sacrifice. Everything was about human sacrifice in that Mayan culture. Why? Because their calendar. Remember 2012? It was a bit, oh, their calendar. These guys are mathematical geniuses. They study the astronomy. They're at peace with nature no that calendar wasn't a cold calendar to tell them when to kill people if that calendar was so good in mathematics why didn't it predict their own demise okay but anyway so that it, it, and, and does the occult have calendars today when to sacrifice same thing folks nothing's new under the sun all right then it moved from the mines to the aztecs and they didn't just get involved in witchcraft what they do well they got into what they got into human sacrifice as well. And of course, why were they doing it? Because they got a calendar that tells them what to do. They took it even further. They got into cannibalism, okay? And remember in their culture, just for one dedication, they, what was it, 80,400 people that they slaughtered in four days, according to their own account? This was sick, right? And you wonder why uh, they, were, they were taken out. And again, I'm not for, I'll say it again. I'm not for rounding up people involved in the cold and the witches and killing them. I'm not saying that. But again, you look back in these days, and when these people encounter this kind of behavior, uh, God's going to take it out. Okay. Then we saw not only that, we saw the Incas. You know, well, they're just nice, Machu Picchu. No, no, they, same thing. They were involved in not only witchcraft, but again, human sacrifice. And shocker, Disney, boy, they just scour all these different countries around the planet. Let's find another witchcraft scenario 
Disney was even making cartoons out of that. And of course, it's still going on today. It's just under a different name. Ruggiero or Ruggiero, how do you pronounce that? I believe that the J is silent or H or whatever. And uh, it's still going on today. Huge black magic. Okay, now, so now we basically went around the world, okay, starting with Babylon. But we now need to, I skipped over an area on purpose. We need to hop back across the pond. And tonight we're going to go to Europe. And the reason why we're dealing there is because we, one, haven't dealt with that yet. But we're also going to see that a lot of the witchcraft that we are dealing with right now, whether people believe it or not, see it or not, acknowledge it or not, want to even think about it or not, in America is coming from Europe. Now, there is an amalgamation from some other countries. As we saw, we're the melting pot. So what are these other countries? Asia brings with what? Witchcraft. Also, if you study the history, some of the uh, African witchcraft, voodoo and things of that nature, that actually began not just because through Florida and some of the island countries, but that's also from the slave trade eventually brought that over and things of that nature. So there's kind of an amalgamation, but a lot of it that we're dealing with today, certainly Wicca has its roots in European witchcraft. So we're gonna, we're gonna get into that tonight. But before we do that, let's now once again demonstrate that uh, witchcraft is all over the Bible, and so if you're going to be taught all of the Bible, then you got to deal with it at some point, just like prophecy, okay? And not just the Old Testament. See, that'd be the temptation. Well, that's just an Old Testament thing. We don't got to deal with that. And then, excuse me, it's all over the New Testament as well. Let me share with you just one passage. God does not mince words. You don't want to get involved in witchcraft, okay? It has some horrible consequences. Galatians chapter 5 is our opening text. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read verses 13 through 21, okay? And uh, clearly, we're going to see a list of things that are inspired by the sinful nature, which is not what you and I want to emulate, and we certainly don't want to live by, okay? But gee whiz, uh, shocker, of all sins, I mean, how many, how many sins do you think there are in existence? If you're to categorize them all, I mean, who knows how many, right? Only God knows, right? But, and so here's just a short example that Paul's giving of, here's, it's obvious this is coming from the sin nature. Well, gee whiz, guess what happens to make the list? Witchcraft. And we're going to see some deadly consequences that he mentions. Yes, not just in the Old Testament, but now in the New Testament. Verse 13, here's what he says. You, my brothers, were called to be what? Free, right? But don't use your freedom to indulge in the what? The sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. In fact, the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you're going to be destroyed by each other. All right, well, how do I stay away from that sin nature? How do I keep from, even as a Christian, being an instrument of division and destroying the church and fellowship and the brotherhood? Here's what he said. Here's what, what do you do? Live by the Spirit, right? You live by the Spirit. That's how you stay away from that. And he said, I love this promise. He says, and you do that, what's going to happen? You will not. Now, that's a guarantee from God. You live by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. That's the key. That's how you get out of that trap, right? For, and, and here's the war that's going on. Every day when you get out of bed, for the sinful nature desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature, they're in what? Conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. All right, well, break it down for me, Paul, just in case I'm missing something there. Give me some examples of how do I know when I'm not living in the Spirit and I'm being seduced and I'm, and I'm being led by the, the bad nature, the sin nature. Well, he says that's pretty obvious. All right, let me just give you a couple of them, right? And then what's he say? The sexual immorality, uh, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, and what's smack dab in the middle? Witchcraft. 
hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. In fact, you know, you get witches in your midst, man. You know what they're doing? They're working to split you up, lickety-split, and dissensions, and wonder why that's happening. And envy, drunkenness, right? We're going to see some witchcraft again getting into drugs, and including alcohol, which is a classic example to get people into an altered state of consciousness. Uh, orgies and the like. Okay, now I say, okay, well, at least I know some telltale signs that I'm not living by the Spirit. No, 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 keep reading. This is the, what I want to emphasize. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, what's this? That was that list of sins that are obvious. That's a person following the sin nature. You live like this, you will what? You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whoa. So does that mean that when you and I, when we get saved, if we ever sin again, we lose our salvation? No, that's not what he's talking about. Notice the phrase there, those who live like this. That's your pattern of life, right? Uh, and, and how many people do you, you guys know? Well, yeah, so I'm a sinner, so what? Right? There's no conviction of sin. They don't care. In fact, it's not even, it used to be, they, they would just, you know, uh, they're not convicted about it. They're not worried about it. But now it's gone to the even further where they say it's not even sin. In fact, it's perfectly fine. Paul says, you live like this, that's a good indicator the Spirit of God's not in you. Because if you're in dwell with the Holy Spirit of God, he's going to convict you. You're going to be troubled. I didn't say you become sinless because we're all going to sin, myself included. But you got no conviction, okay? And, and, and so as a way of life, this is all you got to offer everywhere you go. It's factions and dissensions and, and drunkenness and orgies and witchcraft and hatred and discord. I mean, that's your way of life. But you say, oh, I'm a Christian. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what, again, it's not the standard of perfection because there is no, we're not going to be perfect. But again, if somebody's sister, I ain't got no problem with sin. In fact, I, I begin to justify it or say it's not even sin. That's not a good indicator. But again, what I want to point out, of all sins for him to have on that list as a way of life that you need to stay away from or you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God is what? Witchcraft, okay? And it's not by chance. Yet, what do we have today? Not just in America. We're going to see, believe it or not, in the so-called American church. We got people who not only flirt with witchcraft, play around with witchcraft, dabble in witchcraft, uh, but believe it or not, there's a new trend in the church. It's like, how low can you go, man? You thought it was bad before? But they're now calling themselves, I'm not joking, Christian witches. Now, what is that? That's called an oxymoron. You know I'm going to give you the classic examples. What's an oxymoron? Peaceful war. I see hot. Government intelligence. I like that. I'll add that to the list. <laughs> right? And the classic example, yummy chicken. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't work that way, right? Okay, or healthy. Some people call it healthy. Are you kidding me? That's, you better get your copay ready. But, uh, but anyway, that's right. It's an oxygen. Christian witches. Are you kidding me? That's how far it is. I'm sorry. You sit there and, and, and so these people not only don't have a problem with witchcraft, they're involved in it. They think it's not a sin, and then you say you're a Christian, and then you say it's perfectly fine to put the two together. According to Galatians 5, what would you categorize that person? You will not inherit the kingdom of God because your habit of life is, whoo, there ain't no spirit in you, man. Okay, now believe it or not, I'm not making it up. That is a trend that is taking off. Witchcraft is not only exploding in our country, but so-called Christian wit uh, witches. In fact, they're having their own conferences. Here's an actual this year conference to attend uh, uh, for Christian witches, if you can believe that. Let's take a look at that.
nuts. And you, it's, it's not just that you would say that. Now there's a movement, and just like you and I would go to a Christian convention to study the Bible, let's all get together as so-called Christian witches. Tickets are on sale now. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse in the church, it's nuts. Okay, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. I've got to give you a little bit, and then we're going to move on to Europe. Okay, uh, but this is their website. I'm not making it up. You can check it out themselves. Again, online now if you want to register. Attend the Christian Witchcraft Conference, okay? And then I got, I got to show you this. Listen to these comments, folks. Uh, there's a natural slide going into being a Christian witch from guess what group? And I'm not making it. They're the ones doing the comparison. The charismatic group. Watch this. And, I'll show, and these are these peoples that claim to be Christian witches. This is their own words. Okay, but this is from this, as you can see there. I'm not making it up. Uh, this is Jesus was a sorcerer. The Bible's a book of magic say Christian witches ahead of their first annual convention, right? Now, uh, the first annual Christian witches convention uh, is to be hosted in Salem, Massachusetts. It's gonna feature internationally, the guy on the right, the, the male guy there, he is, guess what? Prophet Calvin Witcher, prophet. Who, 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 do, who does the prophet thing nowadays? With miracles and power, and I can touch you with all that. It's a natural slide, and he's gonna admit it because he was raised in Pentecostalism, right? But again, and he agrees, and here's what he says, that the convention's host, that Jesus, this is from this so-called prophet guy, was a sorcerer, and the Bible really is a book of magic. Now, the lady on the left, listen to what her name is, not just Valerie Love, the Reverend Valerie Love. Ooh, who does the false teaching of female pastors, right? And then you come to us, and it's all about female empowerment, and then you could take on the role of the pastor the prophet and the prophetess and it's about you and power well witchcraft offers the same thing so she's reverend supposedly valerie love she describes herself as a practicing witch and an ordained minister now listen to this they're not reaching to the so-called secular person the non-christian and i quote what's this conference about to help christians tap into magic which quote critics are condemning as dangerous she insists that there's nothing wrong with the idea of Christians practicing magic, despite biblical warnings against it. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm sorry, what's going on here? Now, the, the, the other guy, Witcher, points out that the miracles from Jesus were really examples of sorcery. And then the, the female says she was born a witch, uh, however that happens, and she said, but was forced to stifle her identity as a witch uh, because from the age 44 to 30, uh, she was uh, uh, forced to be a Jehovah's Witness and finally, quote, left the cult. And I thought this was really sad. Well, that's not Christianity. No wonder you're not a Christian, as we did how many weeks on our Jehovah's Witness study, works-based false gospel, okay? But uh, 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 you, you, you leave a cult, you leave the frying pan, and you back straight up into the fire. And you just sw- went from bad to worse. You gotta be kidding me. So it's kind of unfortunate. But Witcher, now let's go back to Mr. Prophet and the, the, her, her being the so-called reverend. Witcher also describes himself as a believer in Christ who, guess what he still does? Speaks in tongues from, quote, his background in Pentecostal church. Uh, and they want to, quote, work their way up, this time using witchcraft, not the Pentecostal techniques, to, quote, get up to the Jesus level. You know, because it's all about you and the power and the things that you can do. And the, but, but who promotes that today? The charismatic movement. In fact, listen, this is his words, and this is why I want to quote this article. I'm not making this up here. Oh, you're making an unfair comparison, Pastor Billy. No, I'm not. 
quote. He says, my background in Pentecostalism really set me up on a good foundation. For what? Sliding over to witchcraft. He said, in Pentecostalism, we had tools. We did anointing oils. We did prayer shawls. We talked about gifts of the spirit. Going to magic was a, quote, very easy segue. From what? From the Pentecostal stuff, right? And then, then one of the rituals that he and his uh, uh, community, what they wanted to do, as you saw, if you're paying attention on the video there, was guess what? It's also about money. Manifesting money. Now, what's that sound like? You know, they call it money magic, but what? It's word faith stuff. Name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, right? All about being rich, perfect, all that kind of stuff. Okay, and they go on and on. Then he says, he argues, though, that church leaders today teach against it, what they're doing, uh, and it's keeping people as slaves. And again, that's another charismatic mindset. When you point these things out, hey, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what you should do. What do they say? Oh, you're, you're just anti-spirit of God in the last days. You're just a fun, you're a fundamentalist, right? I don't need no doctrine. I don't need no, I need just the spirit of God to move and empower me. And, it's the same kind of uh, baloney. In fact, listen to what he says. All Christians are mystic, especially, I'm not making this up, charismatics. So, and then listen to this. He says, there's no difference between me and the Father. There's no difference between me and Jesus. Now, what does that sound like? Again, charismatic. I'm not going through the whole 42-week study again, but what do we see? What's another false teaching they do? The little gods. We're little gods, little messiahs walking around the planet. Do you see how it's not obtuse when we say that the charismatic movement is preparing people for the next unfortunate slide, these guys are admitting it. You're gonna go straight into occult practices, but you're gonna claim that it's Christian. In fact, you might even get to the point where you say, I'm a Christian witch and think you're doing somebody something good. And guess what? At this uh, conference and in general, both the love and the witcher guy, guess what they're offering? They're teaching a mystery school class to bring a powerhouse word. Now, what's that sound like? That sounds like Bethel and what they have to offer and things of that nature, okay? And guess what they focus? Here, do you know why you want to come join us for this conference? Because it's going to be wonderful music. Because isn't that all about? Just have a hot rock man and music and, and that not that the same tactic that these guys use and seducing people to come their way and all that stuff? But listen to this, a report from the Christian Post says, last fall highlighted the quote, and this is their words, the astronomical growth of self-identified witches in the U.S., and apparently, that's not even counting the ones now claiming to be Christians. Now, one more thing, then we're going to move on. But I want to show you this. This is not an anomaly. It's growing, unfortunately. But I want to show you from their own words, how in the world could people slide from the, quote, church straight into witchcraft? And a lot of it's coming, folks, from the charismatic community right? Uh, but they have what's called a witch's creed. I'm not going to read all of it to you. It's rather lengthy. I'm just going to read uh, you know, a few pages of it to you. Uh, and this is blasphemy to the core. Talk about the ultimate oxymoron. But this is the Christian witch's creed, right? And it goes like this. I am a witch and I'm proud of it. I'm free to be as God created me. Uh, living my soul's destiny, magical, mystical, mysterious to me, I am love exceedingly. No, you're being led astray exceedingly uh, I'm not here to please anyone well you should be here to please God if you're a Christian we're created for <laughs> and I don't need no one's permission can you smell the rebelliousness where does rebellion come from right 
Uh, in fact, the Bible says that rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. That's what it's about. You're rebelling against God, right? Uh, to be who I am, nor do I seek approval or require validation. Excuse me, you're gonna stand accountable to God. And how can you be a Christian with that kind of a mindset? There's no humility there. There's no, I wanna follow Jesus Christ. I'm here to serve him. He's the Lord. I'm the servant. There's none of that stuff. I'm only here for love. Yeah, right. Okay, I'm a Christian witch. I love my cross and my wand. I consult my tarot deck and my Bible. I adore and I'm devoted to Christ and the goddess. And yet you say you're saved. And there's no conflict in what I do, what I say, or who I am. Well, you better read Galatians 5. Because those who live like this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God, okay? But where is it coming from? Where's all this stuff? Well, again, some of it's coming from the slave trade, some of the other countries. There's an amalgamation of witchcraft here in America. But again, the big one, the big influx is from Europe, right? Because if you study our nation's history, who came over here to kind of start a country? It was from Europe, okay, as we see. But let's take a look at that. So let's get into the European witchcraft. Belief in the practice of witchcraft in Europe can be traced throughout antiquity. Of course, you got uh, the Roman society, which we already dealt with, and then it just you got the uh, the Catholic Church takes over, and you got the the Middle Ages, and then you got the Dark Age. You know why it was called the Dark Ages? Because Roman Catholicism took over, okay, seriously. And then, uh, so you got, you got basically from Rome, and it's going to go into Europe, okay? That's what we're dealing with. But it's, it's, it's throughout the whole Middle Ages, uh, and it gave rise to eventually, we'll see a little bit tonight, what was called the witch hunts, and giving rise to, quote, Wicca, and what we have to deal with, what's called contemporary witchcraft. Uh, but it's amalgamation in Europe, the witchcraft that was there, uh, f- uh, healers, uh, uh, witches, sorcerers, okay? In fact, they're still dealing with it today. Now, much of witchcraft from Europe, uh, as we're going to see uh, uh, tonight, has not only been downplayed, but it has been turned into something kind of kiddish. You know, it's just, oh, that's, that's not witchcraft. I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, uh, something we do or something we wear at Halloween or something, you know, or, or that's just, that's just a cartoon figure. Those things weren't in reality. Real demons were they. And so they are, but, but witchcraft, uh, in Europe, uh, still has a major effect on even some of our customs today, but let's take a, just a little teaser of some of that. The witch, an iconic Halloween character, usually dressed all in black with green skin, a tall pointy hat and flying a broomstick across a full moon. But witches aren't just a Halloween cliche. They've got a long and tumultuous history that we bet you didn't know. Though many stereotypes come from Western culture, witchcraft has existed around the world and throughout history, including Asian, African, and many Native American societies. In medieval Europe, anywhere between 100,000 and 200,000 people were arrested on suspicion of witchcraft. About half of them were executed. And did you know the accused witches were not just women, but men too? Even after the witch hunts ended, Western culture remained fascinated with witches. The witch-filled fairy tales of the Brothers Grimm and Hans Christian Andersen inspired L. Frank Baum to create his modern fairy tale, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, which featured the most famous witch in pop culture history, the Wicked Witch of the West. And did you know, Baum didn't intentionally make the witch's skin green in his book. But that's how she appeared in the Technicolor film version in 1939. And the image stuck. And what about that tall, black, pointy hat that witches wear? Members of Europe's upper classes wore similar hats during the 15th century. And the style later spread to commoners. 
the same poor country folk who were typically accused of paganism and witchcraft. The broom, a common household tool, was used by pagans during ancient crop fertility rites. It later became a common symbol of witches, who were said to use their brooms to hide their wands during the witch hunts. People also believed that witches would rub a special ointment into their brooms and use them to fly across the sky and perform their magic. And did you know that witches still exist in modern times? The modern form of witchcraft known as Wicca was founded in England in the 1950s. Its members worshipped nature and a female deity known as the goddess. There are now more than 400,000 Wiccans in the United States, but you probably won't recognize them on the street. They don't wear pointy hats, and not a single one of them has green skin. Yeah, laugh it up there. Uh, and now uh, they're coming into the church. Okay, but that's where it's coming from. But uh, let's begin to break down some of those practices. You know, you said, oh, that, that's why they had the pointy hat, right? Uh, they mentioned the broom. Okay, we're going to get into that a little bit. It was a lot more than what they just said. Uh, it's pretty wicked too. Okay, but let's take a look at that. We're going to get into that. Uh, so Europe, uh, obviously with witchcraft, one of the big things in uh, pretty much all society is they want to commune with the demons. Uh, some don't call them demons. They come up with other names. We're going to see that tonight. Uh, but in order to commune with the demons, it involved getting into an altered state of consciousness. And so that's what we're going to take a look at. Europe was big on doing drugs uh, in these uh, witchcraft practices. A number of researchers uh, acknowledge the importance of hallucinogenic plants in European witchcraft. And what they would do is they would make ointments or herbs out of them, and then they would have something called the witch's flight, okay, uh, with these hallucinant uh, drugs. Uh, plants such as henbane, belladonna, mandrake, and other plants uh, contain hallucinogenic alkaloids, including hysacamine, atropine, and scopolamine, and the last of which is unique because that particular hallucinogenic can be absorbed through the skin, kind of uh, on a topical fashion. Uh, the concoctions are described in their literature as brews and salves and ointments. Uh, now, the ointments were mainly applied by rubbing on the skin, especially in sensitive areas like the underarms, the forehead, or in the private parts area. Uh, they were often first applied on a, quote, vehicle to be ridden on, such as a pitchfork or a broom. Now, why would they do that? Well, let's get into what was really going on with the witch's broom. So again, today, we just think, oh, it's just kind of a funny little cartoon character, which we don't realize the occult background of the connection with the broom and European witchcraft. But let's take a look at what was going on with the broom. Why are the witches depicted on riding brooms through the night sky? Well, it had everything to do with pharmacaea, with the drugs, the hallucinogenic drugs that they would do to commune with the demons. It sounds crazy, but let me tear it down for you. Uh, during the Middle Ages, plants were used to make brews, ointments, witches' salves for witchcraft, sorcery, and to get them engaged in their, quote, nefarious activities. Hallucinogenic compounds could be absorbed through the sweat glands, again, in the armpit uh, or via mucous membranes uh, in the rectum or in the private part area. Uh, and the reason why they would do that, as opposed to ingesting it, like eating the hallucinogenic plants or things of that nature, well, it took a little while for the effect. Uh, you had to go through the digestive system. But when you did it in these particular areas, it was like, bang, it was like instantaneous, big, very quick. Okay, so that's why they uh, started that. Okay, and uh, what they would do is in these particular areas, as weird and gross as it sounds, uh, 
that which includes the private part area, not just the armpits or the forehead, okay, they would put it on something, often case, a broom, and then they would ride around on that. And then that would work it into that area and do its deed. Now, this is actually recorded. This isn't just, oh, that's just a strange parallel. No. The earliest clue comes from, and this is a secular article, by the way, in Forbes magazine of all places, 1324. And this was an account by a, a witch named Lady Alice Cateller, quote, in rifling the closet of the lady, L-A-D-I-E, they found a pipe of ointment wherewith she greased a staff upon which she ambled and galloped through thick and thin. Another one in the 14th century says this, the witches confess that on certain days or nights they anoint a staff and ride on it to the appointed place or anoint themselves under the arms and in other hairy places. And this is typically why, of course, if you had clothes on, then it's blocking the area that you want to get your hallucinogenic drug into, right? So you can start your ride, right? And uh, so that's why a lot of times the classic passages, if you look at uh, uh, depictions of witches, not just riding on brooms, they don't have clothes on because that's how they did do it, actually. So they kind of cleaned it up. Okay, now what would happen once they rode their broomstick with their hallucinogenic drug? Well, the witches would go flying, right? And this is the other aspect of what's going on. These particular alkaloid hallucinogens tended to cause uh, dreams that involved flying wild rides and, quote, frenzied dancing. In fact, this is an account from 1966 of a gentleman who took these intoxications, okay? And he recalls what he experienced, a guy named Gustav Schenk. He said, my teeth were clenched and a dizzied rage took possession of me, but I also know that I was permeated by a crazy sensation that my feet were growing lighter, expanding and breaking loose from my own body. Each part of my body seemed to be going off on its own, and I was seized with the fear that I was falling apart. At the same time, I experienced an intoxicating sensation of flying. Soaring where these hallucinogens took me, the clouds, uh, the lowering sky, and see herds of beasts, falling leaves and streams and rivers, blah, 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 blah. Right, so there you are. You're flying now. It could be possibly not just drug induced in your mind. Could uh, again, you're getting to alter state of conscious. You can get into what's called astral. We dealt with a little bit this in the New Age study for twelve weeks. Astral travel. You leave your body and you start. You know, and again, but that's you're in the demonic realm right now. This is not good, right? And here's why they would do this. Okay, so is it just they didn't have nothing to do? They didn't have cable. They didn't even have Netflix back then. Can you believe that? You know, what are they going to do? They had to deal with the plague. Maybe they had a lockdown too. You know, that's what, that's, so that's why they did this. No, all about occult practices. We're just getting started. So you got the broomstick was the vehicle to get the hallucinogenic drug to start flying, flying for what? Well, all these were made for the purpose of giving the witch, and this is European witchcraft, special abilities to commune with the spirits. What's that? Demons, Right. Or they believe to transform into animals, to gain love, harm their enemies, experience euphoria or sexual pleasure, or to, quote, fly to what was called the witch's Sabbath. Now, what in the world was a witch's Sabbath? Well, let's take a look at that. Okay, so we're tracing the trail here. The witch's Sabbath was a gathering of witches, and they would do their hallucinogenic thing, and they would all gather together. Oh, by the way, notice the critter in the middle with the horns. Who are they worshiping and dancing around? And 
in their hallucinogenic drug-induced state that's inviting demons to most likely obviously possess them and all that stuff, okay? But that's what the Sabbath was. This is uh, just flat out a cold. Uh, reminds me a lot of uh, a lot of this uh, Satanist stuff that we haven't got to yet. Now, there was also another name for this witch's Sabbath. Guess what it was called? Black Sabbath. I wonder where they got their name from. Well, that's exactly where it came from. In fact, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, this was his first band before he went on his own in the 60s. Uh, according to the band, the reason why they picked that name is because the band members experienced with the occult and the fascination with horror films. But they admit that Black Sabbath is a name that refers to the meaning of those who practice witchcraft or the witch's Sabbath and other occult rites. So basically, you would do your drugs, get your broom, get it going inside your body. You would uh, go to the Sabbath where everybody else is doing it and you would just be a frenzy, demonic, crazy time with your occult rites and rituals, okay? Now, what would they do there? So now they're in this drug-induced state. They're probably state, and they're probably uh, demons are everywhere, literally inside of them, all over the place. It's demonic. It's horrible. It's satanic. What are they doing? Uh, Just going around the circle dancing? Mm -mm. Uh, Typically, three things would go on at the witch's Sabbath or the black Sabbath. There would be a procession of spirits that would join the human beings. So what's going on there? Demon possession. And again, you get into an altered state of consciousness, what are you going to do? You're inviting them to come, been there, done that, wish I wouldn't have bought the t-shirt, okay? Number two, uh, there would be a lone spectral regard as uh, a demonic, accursed, or otherworldly that would appear uh, over the procession. And then there, number three, there would be a procession of the human dead, usually consisted of those who had died prematurely or violently or very well could be used in their sacrifices, so this isn't just taking a trip and just leave us alone. We're worshiping nature. This is just as sick as all the other stuff that we see. And this is in Europe, okay? Now, uh, they typically, this is from the book in 1608 called the Compendium Maleficarum. A typical witch gathering, the attendants would ride f- flying. They'd get into their drug-induced hallucinogenic state. They would trample the cross. They would be rebaptized in the name of the devil, while giving their clothes to him, kissing his behind, and they would dance back to back, forming around. And, and what does Wicca say today? Oh, we're oh no, it's just we just worship nature. We're concerned about climate change. No, you're not, right? Some of the other uh, uh, diabolical elements of the witches' Sabbath involved poisoning wells, so they would do their dirty deeds out in public and quote eating babies. Oh, that can't be true. What do we see for the last several weeks? infanticide they kill babies adults children bloody horrible sick stuff and again you wonder why God says don't let this stuff permeate your country and again I'm not for uh, even the witch hunts that you know and and don't get into that position oh you Christians you guys are hypocrites man you guys were uh, involved in the witch hunts Uh, no first of all I wasn't there number one Uh, number two that wasn't Christianity that was the Catholic Church which is not Christianity same justification they oh you Christians in the Crusades how you horrible you got a rotten you you have no leg to stand on yes I do because that was the Catholic Church doing that stuff Uh, trying to grab land and money and oh by the way in the Crusades and in the witch hunts guess who also got hunted down by the Catholic Church Christians and Jews by the way so you don't need to defend any of that stuff we didn't do that stuff Right? But again, I'm not saying uh, I condone any of that stuff, but you can see why. It's like, man, just like all the other countries, do you want this permeating your country? No, and we still got a long ways to go. Okay, now, the magic ointments, let's get back to the drugs, and then we'll move on. Produced effects, which, which the subjects themselves said 
that they are, quote, having intercourse with evil spirits at the Sabbath, the witch's Sabbath, uh, dancing, quote, with their lovers. So now you're getting stuff that we probably would get into into Satanism called the incubus and the succubus and all that kind of stuff. And so, again, this is all demonic stuff, folks. But again, today it's being downplayed. Oh, it's just a pointy hat, right? It's just, you know, depict, it's just a, a cartoon character of an old lady, you know, riding a broom. It's, it's, been, it's been neutralized today. I don't even know if this is a word, but I'll use it. It's been cartoonized, right? But they've cartoonized the occult. And when you study history, this is rotten stuff, okay? And by the middle, uh, at the end of the Middle Ages, the common beliefs about witches in Europe were they ride at night, they make a pact with the devil, they have a formal repudiation of Christianity, they meet at, in the evening, they desecrate the cross, they're involved in orgies, uh, they sacrifice children, and they're involved in cannibalism. They were also looked upon to do a lot of rotten things uh, in the community, including powers to cause impetus, uh, impotence, uh, turn milk sour, strike people dead, cause diseases, raise storms, cause infants to be stillborn, prevent cows from giving milk, to prevent hens from laying. I won't say it. Or to cause disease on crops. Now, this is another one. I thought this was interesting. interesting okay. Now, how much is in this? I don't know. Which is also not just had the pointy hat, not only ride the broom at night, they always have what? Warts, right? And uh, you're like, what in the world? Why are witches depicted with warts? And again, oh, it's just, it's just cartoonized, you know, to use that made-up word. Uh, it's, just, it's, all, it's just part of the caricature. It's all innocent and fun. They just made it look kind of ugly and creepy. No, now this is again, this is according to them. And how this would happen, I'm not sure. But, and this is, again, secular research, European witchcraft, the warts. Now, remember we talked about familiar spirits. What were familiar spirits? Familiar spirits were the demons that would possess the animals and then the animals would demonically possess would walk around with the witch and instruct the witch further deeper into that practice and or give them power and protection. Remember that? As we saw, each country had their own familiar spirits. Japan was what? Foxes and snakes right? Africa, remember, the familiar spirit was baboon, you know, monkeys, things of that nature, okay, hyena, right? Now, in European witchcraft, it was dogs or, what do you also see with, and not just any cat, but a what? A black cat. So, when you see them depict, oh, it's just a cat. Everybody loves cats, cats, no. Uh, You're talking about a familiar spirit. So, you're talking about the demonic possessed animal that followed these witches just like the other countries around, so even the black cat, there's a reason for that as well. But let's get back to the warts, right? So why they had the warts? Well, it was believed that the warts, and I'll quote this, is where the familiar spirits, uh, the witches would suckle them from their warts. That the familiar spirit would gain nourishment, as crazy as this sounds, folks, nourishment from the warts. You know, like if you want to, if you, a lady had a baby and, you, you breastfeed against the, the warts for what it's worth. I'm just, I'm not saying that's really what happened, whatever. I'm just saying this is what the account was that the warts served as a point where they would receive the familiar spirit nutrition, if you will. Isn't that sick? Sick and weird, and creepy all at the same time. It's, wow. But again, all of it that you see them depicted is true, but it's been twisted and downplayed. 
and to use the word again. What's the new word tonight? Cartoonized. That's right. Thank you, Chris. Right. Uh, again, witches were believed to fly on broomsticks, uh, and and occasionally they would ride on humans. Right. It's crazy as weird as that sounds. So and uh, and then when uh, a witch, what was another name for a witch we saw before? Hag. When they would ride on humans, instead of you were called hagridden. That's where that word comes from. Right. Also, sometimes horses were found sweating in their stalls in the morning, which means somebody was out at night riding them. And so the horses were said to be hagridden. That's where that term comes from. Right. So that might have been the vehicle of which that they did with the ointment and, you know, whatever. So it's crazy. So just cut out things. Now, let's get into some more of the practices. Drugs, of course, was a big thing. Uh, always, we see the same thing. Nothing new in the sun. It's all the same practice. Spells. Spells were big. Uh, European witchcraft. Spells, of course, give them the ability to supposedly perform a magical action. Uh, they consist of words or a formula, a verse, a ritual action, or a combination of those. Uh, they were cast by many different uh, methods. Uh, sometimes they use the runes that we saw before. They also use these things called sigils. Now, sigil is uh, coming from a Latin word that means seal. Okay? And literally, each one of those uh, represents a demon and they would take that seal of a demon and they would affix it to an image or a member it's called a poppet kind of like puppet or also known as a moppet or a muppet and they would affix it to it and things of that nature and they believed that that would affect that particular demon with that particular seal on this poppet or moppet would affect that person kind of like a voodoo thing you know with that and all stuff Okay, and uh, they got tons of these things. I'm not going to give you all of them, and, uh, but there are, and that's just the tip of the tip of the iceberg. So basically, remember how the Asian community would use calligraphy and certain things with the seal and the writing, and then that would keep the demons at bay or give you protection or do all that kind of stuff or invite the demons? This is kind of like the European version, but they would use certain symbols. They were called uh, the sigils, okay? And what I found interesting, I can't go through them all because we'd be here all day long, but they would do that, and then it would conjure up that particular demon to do the particular dirty deed that they wanted to. But some of them still to this day, guess what the demons are called? The same names that are even mentioned in the Old Testament. Why? Well, how long these things been kicking around? Ever since, you know, uh, Satan and the angels rebelled, right? But one of them's called Baal. Have you heard that one before? Balaam, murmur. Does God like murmuring? No. Remember we saw the video, we'll probably see it in the Satan study. The Satanist that came into the church services, the one guy said he went to a Baptist church for two years and all he did was sit there and what? To bring down the church, to destroy it. Murmur. Did you hear about this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Caused division. Oh, and what was in the Galatians 5 passage? Not just witchcraft. Hatred, dissensions, discord, divisions. Right, so that's another, and then of course Lucifer. They believe that they're going to summon up Bruce, Lucifer. But speaking of summoning up, they would also get involved in necromancy. Necromancy, of course, is the practice of conjuring up spirits of the dead for the purposes of prophecy. Uh, and what they believed is that uh, when they would conjure up the demon, would inhabit. They would do this at certain places. I'm going to talk about the first one a little bit more in just a second. It would be at a, a place called a crossroad. Okay. And or they would do it at a, a burial site. And they believe that when the necromancy, the demon would uh, uh, come up as that person that was buried in the ground. 
right? Uh, did we see any of that behavior that was not blessed by God in the Old Testament? Yeah, the witch at Endor, remember that, with Saul, right? And then there's a debate, was that really uh, uh, Samuel that came up or not? You know, things of that nature, but that's necromancy. Uh, but let's get back to that uh, crossroad thing, okay? Crossroads, okay, uh, is literally still in fact today. And basically, if you guys recall, back in our study early on with Babylon, Egypt, and Greece, and Rome, remember the, the goddess Hecate? We talked a little bit about crossroads, Uh, So again, this is nothing new. But crossroad basically is the occult term for this is a hot spot, right? If you're into new age and you want a hot spot to really tune into the spirits, I remember back in those days, you want to go to Mount Shasta was considered a hot spot. Or you go to Sedona, Arizona was a hot spot. And there's certain places on the planet, whatever. So this is kind of that same mentality in the occult that this is kind of a hot spot where the, 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 it's a crossroads between the worlds, between the spirit world and our world. That it was, uh, uh, the, the veil was much thinner and you get better action at the crossroads. Okay, so that's kind of the mentality uh, between the worlds. And that, that's where you could do some serious supernatural paranormal stuff at the crossroads. Now, this is actually something that's still done again today in witchcraft, including voodoo. Okay, now here's what's interesting about voodoo. Voodoo uh, believes that you need to go to the crossroads in order to not just open up the portal, right, in this hotspot area, but you do it for a specific reason. And I quote, to gain from the demons various manual and body skills such as playing a musical instrument, throwing the dice, or dancing. And what they believed is you would go to the crossroads at a certain time, a certain number of times, also either at midnight or just before dawn, and you're going to meet a, quote, black man, this is voodoo, a black man whom some would call the devil, and then you would cut a deal with him and he would give you these powers that you did not have before in music, throwing dice, or dancing. But I'm sure that nobody in the music industry today has never gone to a crossroads and made a deal with the devil to give them supernatural abilities in music or dancing. It's all over the place, and people don't want to deal with this. I'm going to give you one example, and they admit it out of their mouth. It's, this one is Beyonce. And Beyonce admits that who gives her power is demons, and she has a name for a demon called Sasha. But here she is admitting it. Watch it. When I performed Crazy in Love at the BT Awards, it was almost like my coming out. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my girl, Beyonce! I was very nervous. Of course. Sasha was in full effect. Sasha is my alter ego. And when people see me, sometimes I think that when they meet me and they speak with me, they're expecting Sasha. And um, I'm really kind of shy and not really shy, but more reserved and um, nothing like Sasha. But I guess I wouldn't be very entertaining on the stage. So Sasha comes out <laughs> and she's fearless. You know, she can she can do things that I cannot do when I'm in rehearsal. I mean, I can try, but then it just doesn't happen. I can sing notes and sing strong and do all these things that when I'm just by myself, I can't do. And I remember right before I performed, 
I raised my hands up, and it was kind of the first time I, I felt something else come into me, and I knew that was going to be my coming out night. So, like, when you're getting ready to go on stage and perform, does Sasha Fierce, when does she show up? Usually when I hear the crowd, when I yeah. put on my stilettos, um, when, like, the, the moment right before when you're nervous and, and that other thing kind of takes over for you. Uh-huh. Then Sasha Fierce appears in my posture and, and the way I speak and everything is different. Hey, at least she was honest. Certainly don't recommend it. But people still to this day apparently make packs with the devil. Crossroads scenario. Maybe she did go to an actual crossroads and gave him supernatural abilities. So it's that. It still goes on today. Now, if you're thinking that sounds familiar, well, it should because in 1986 there was a film made about this, but we just thought it was a fun, cool film with Ralph Macchio, Karate Kid. <sighs> right, remember that? No, that's what this is all about. So it's, it's a witchcraft movie, and that's the whole premise. That uh, they, you know, people would go to a crossroads in the South, and this is a very popular in the blues uh, industry. They sing songs about crossroads all the time. Very, very popular. But what is the crossroads? The crossroads is a witchcraft issue, right? And of course, the premise of the movie was Ralph Macchio, and of course, long story short, he had to go up against the devil's guitarist, Steve Vai. And if he could beat Steve Vai, the devil's guitarist, then uh, the the Willie guy who sold his soul for the devil for his abilities, like apparently Beyonce, uh, then he can get his soul back and all that money. But that's actually what that movie was about. Uh, but frankly, unfortunately, it's based on real stuff. It's crazy. Right? You just thought it was entertainment. Uh, of course, they do the same thing. They want to say, oh, no, no, uh, we're, we're not all bad witches, you know, with warts and having these demons suck on us and involved in infanticide and cannibalism. And, you know, we're, we're good witches. Right? No, it's the same old lie throughout all the ones, you know, black magic, white magic, green. It's all, it's all bad. Uh, but again, they want to paint themselves in Europe uh, of interchangeable terms. They said, no, we're a white witch. No, 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 we're a good witch. You know, like the Wizard of Oz. There was a bad witch, but there was a good witch. No, they're both witches. They're both bad, right? And on and on it goes. Uh, but again, they would also be involved in a mention of the familiar spirits. Now, the familiar spirits uh, that they had, yes, oftentimes were animals. But the interesting thing about the European witchcraft, maybe the other ones did it and I just didn't come across it, is they would skip the whole animal thing and they would commune directly with that demonic entity. Now, they didn't call it a demonic entity. The first thing that they called it was what? A fairy. And a fairy was the term they used for a, quote, a fallen or, quote, demoted angel. What's that? That's a demon. And again, uh, that's what they were commune with. So, you know, it's the owl in the background, too, another cold animal. Uh, but again, so they would skip sometimes the animal for their familiar spirit to teach them, to guide them, to lead them, to give them powers and stuff. Uh, sometimes they would go to the demon itself that would appear in different forms. And again, that's what's going on with fairies. Now, why does that look familiar? Because shocker, uh, that's your version of Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell is actually uh, a European uh, a demon manifesting itself uh, that witches relied upon uh, as well. Uh, and again, uh, some of them, of course, obviously were, uh, would do bad things. You know, you hope they try to help you out. Of course, they don't. They're liars. Uh, but that's what witches believe. And to ward these fairies off, which are what? Demons. Uh, you had to have protective charms. So how would you get rid of the fairies? How would you get rid of basically Tinkerbell? Uh, you would have to uh, ring the church bells. So you just thought it was for attendance. Hey, church is starting. Uh, back then in the day, no, that would get rid of the fairies. 
the demons. It was the belief, of course, I think it's obviously superstitious. Uh, another practice that the Catholic Church, which is not Christianity, had, you notice that their cathedrals, they're always these super gigantoid spires, super tall, pointy at the top. You know why? Because they felt that that would keep the demons away because they didn't have no place to sit because it was too pointy, right? As crazy as it is, okay? And, uh, but then you could also wear clothing inside and out, course the four-leaf clover and things of that nature but fairies which again what's a fairy again what's the new word tonight cartoonized has been card but a fairy is a european demon that witches worked with okay uh they were blamed for sickness tuberculosis and birth deformities uh they also had other creatures demonic creatures that show up called goblins gnomes or sprites different types of fairies. So again, even those terms are actual European old-fashioned terms for demons. Now, another one that's been cartoonized is this one. Believe it or not, a leprechaun. Uh, A leprechaun actually comes from uh, two words in the Latin, meaning lepra small and corpus meaning body, so a small body. So a a demon would manifest as this, and this was a type of fairy uh, in European witchcraft. Uh, uh, depicted as little bearded men with a coat and a hat and things of that nature, uh, causing a lot of problems. Early in the medieval times, there was an episode of a guy named Fergus MacLeddy, king of Ulster. He fell asleep on the beach only to awake to find himself being dragged into the sea by three leprechaun. Okay, but again, you're dealing, we say, oh, it's just a cartoon. It's just all that stuff. It's all fun. No, it's not. You're talking about demons. Skip, skip the animal and just manifest as a demon. That's what you're talking about here. It's crazy, isn't it? and how it's all been twisted, okay? And of course, guess who's involved in making movies about Leprechaun? This was back in 1959, right? Darby and the Little People, right? Leprechaun. Another term that that they would use, another demon that would manifest in Europe, okay? The original name, again, it's been downplayed, was a hobgoblin. Hobgoblin comes from two words, hob meaning elf, okay? Notice the ears there, and a goblin, uh, meaning mischievous or ugly fairy, so again, just another type of demon that was manifested. Uh, their relatives uh, were called brownies. And these demons were uh, typically would come into human dwellings while the family was asleep, okay? Uh, but let's get back to the, the fairy aspect. The fairies would use another demonic tactic to lead people astray, okay? And then again, this is European witchcraft. And they use these things called will-o'-wisps. Now, a will-o'-wisp, uh, it's Latin for giddy flame, it was basically just kind of an orb of light. Uh, sometimes they thought, well, is that a lantern? Or is that somebody out there in that swamp? Whatever. And it was all intended, they believe the fairies, the demons, would do that so that the people would go in that direction and basically lead them astray and into harm's way. It was also called the ghost light. And we'll get into this, Lord willing, when we have a whole blown uh, study on the uh, background of the practice of Halloween. Uh, but also similar practices with the jack-o'-lantern. Uh, but these will-o'-wisp, these ghost lights, these orbs in the sky uh, are all a part of the occult all over the place. Oh, by the way, notice that one on the bottom. What's that? Disney, once again, uh, with Brave. Uh, uh, Mexico has their version of these orb lights. Uh, Asia, uh, it's called the Alea or Marsh or Ghost Light. Uh, all throughout Europe, the Finns, the Swedes, Estonians, Latvians, Lithuanians. It's also called a pixie light. It's also called a spunky. Even Australia has their version of these orbs that lead people astray 
they call it the Min Min Light, uh, even with the Aborigines. Now, of course, you're thinking about that. What does that also remind you of? Well, uh, remember even they did it again a second time, not just with the Brave, but Mater and the Ghost Light. Okay, is talking about a will-o'-wisp and of course aptly named the ghost light because that's also what it means as well. So, but this is actual a demonic entity that captures people's attention that the fairies, the demons would use to draw people away into harm's way. As crazy as that is. But now it's turned into a cartoon and everything is okay, right? But again, these are fallen angels and quote, secular sources says, could be viewed as subjects of Satan. But again, we make cartoons out of it and somehow it's okay. Uh, fairies were also originally worshipped as minor deities in Europe, uh, such as nymphs, which is another term, or tree spirits. You'll hear that a lot with modern witchcraft today, Wicca. Oh, we're just worshipping nature. No, you're worshipping demons. All right, it's the same old tactics, just repackaged. Now, of course, what did this lead to? This led to witchcraft trials. And again, I'm not saying we should uh, emulate what they did, certainly the, the Catholic Church. Okay, uh, but this was going on. Witchcraft was all over the place in Europe. And as far back as 1233, they started having witch hunts. 1329, another one, the 15th century. The peak of it, what you would know is that they always want to be thrown up in our face, but we didn't do this, uh, was during the witchcraft trials in the 1560, uh, 1630. But then all of a sudden it began to decline. You know why? Because just like with India, just like with Africa, Britain passed an anti-witchcraft law. Basically, gave them, in 1735, a law was passed in Great Britain which made it a crime for a person to claim that any human being had magical powers or was guilty of practicing witchcraft. You, if you did that, would go and have a year's worth of imprisonment. Uh, gee, what do you think it did after that? It began to spread. And, it, I, and I gotta share this. I, I gotta, he may not in history have been gotten it. This was the only guy that spoke up and said, no, we better not do this, right? So a guy named uh, James Eskingham. But anyway, so it led to an explosion. Now, again, why did it explode? Not only because it was protected, because they had their own early version of Disney, okay? And that was the Brothers Grimm, what tales? Fairy, what's a fairy? Demons, so really, these are demons, tales of demons and occult witch practices put to children's stories. Does that sound familiar? As we're going to see, Disney has tapped Brothers Grimm fairy tales for a lot of their cartoons. Shocker, right? But these guys basically helped to popularize it. So they got protected, then they got popularized in early form of media. Uh, 1812, their first edition came out with 86 stories. Uh, their seventh edition came out in 1857. They're up to 210 uh, quote fairy stories which is basically demons and again Disney has got a lot of them from the, the Brothers Grimm that, including Rapunzel which they renamed uh, Tangled Hansel and Gretel Cinderella Little Red Riding Hood the Brimmentown Musicians Snow White Rumpelstiltskin the Golden Goose the Princess and the Pea and on and on it goes came from Brothers Grimm uh, back then and of course speaking of European witchcraft the other big watershed moment was not just the Brothers Grimm and then of course Disney but the big breakthrough in Europe and now it's spreading across the world unfortunately with witchcraft is this critter Harry Potter Harry Potter uh, of course was a British author still to this day J.K. Rowling there's a bunch of spinoffs I don't have time to get into that that's even taken off but since the release of the first novel listen to this the books have sold more than 500 million copies around the world and I quote, they are the best-selling book series in the history of mankind. Witchcraft. And you wonder why it's spreading, right? And it's been translated into 80 different languages. 
And the last four books consecutively set records as the fastest selling books in all of human history. And the final installment sold roughly 11 million copies just in the United States in 24 hours of its release. So it's not just in Europe. Okay, and the Harry Potter brand right now between the books and the movies, you know how much it's worth? $25 billion. Big bucks. So you put all this together and what do you got? You got what the secularists are saying right now. There is an explosion of witchcraft all over the world, certainly where a lot of this is coming out from initially, and that is Europe. They're everywhere. Watch this. As a child, I remember very, very strongly, I've always been very frightened of the dark. Because in the dark, that's when the faces come forward. I used to kind of think when I was a child and at school, I was a bit like, you know, bewitched the witch, and I thought I could move my nose and make things happen. It was quite weird. And I was a weird child, I suppose. And it wasn't until I was in my early teens that I actually realised or was shown how to control all the different spirit energies that come forward. There's also another side to this, negative things. And there was a time where I realised that things could happen mind over matter. So be careful what you wish for. So what do we need? So the first thing is a pentagram. In Wicca, each point on the pentagram or pentacle represents the five elements, earth, wind, water, fire and spirit. As soon as I saw this, I slightly panicked. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I can't be the only one that found yeah. this unnerving. Yes, of course. I think when people see pentagrams, they like instantly think of like Satan. That's not all. This altar also includes her wand, herbs, chalice, bloodstone, tarot cards, rune stones, and last but not least. We have a cauldron, if you'd like to pick that up as well. A cauldron. You heard right, a cauldron. The same as people talk about yoga, people will be able to just talk about their witchcraft practice. I can be sat in my garden with my pendulum, you know what I mean, asking questions. Yeah, I think it'll just become something that's completely normal, hopefully. Someone who's a witch is someone who just practices witchcraft and magic. They're doing things like spell work, anything for like prosperity, to healing, whatever they want to do. It's someone that's in tune with the elements around them. I, honestly, someone that just practices witchcraft. It's so open and also putting lots of stuff in tiny jars, which is great. <laughs> the most magical times I've had is just me in a room with a candle. You feel like time stops when you're practicing. I use all sorts of things. I tend to do spells in little satchels. I like to do a lot of like spoken magic and um, like scrying with like crystal balls and things like that. It's something that gives me that like faith and, and hope and that connection to like spirit and nature. Tarot card readings, I use crystals a lot, meditating. My pendulum is probably my favourite. If I'm having a hard day and then I go home and I practice, it does calm me down and it does, it makes me have a much nicer outlook on the world. It was very much hush-hush, very much like unseen. But now, with like things like social media, it's massive, it's huge. Because there are so many people putting their practice out there now, especially on Instagram, people are more accepting of it, like this generation especially. It can be there for anybody. People are really out and proud in terms of their like witchiness.
I wonder why he's exploding. Young and old alike, male and female. Because they're turning away from Christianity and they're turning to something that has been popularized, glamorized. What's the new word? Cartoonized. Oh, and you might experience some power, but that power is not from God. The danger is you could say you're a Christian all you want, but if you live like this and you have no problem with this and there's no conviction with this and you even try to merge the two together, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But what we're going to see, Lord willing, next time, okay, is we're finally now into Wicca. So all this has promotion has led to what they're calling, this is their words, not mine, secularists, a revival of the occult. There's an explosion of witchcraft, not as you're just seeing in Europe. Guess where it's hopped over? It's hopped back over the pond because of the ubiquitous of the movies, of Harry Potter, of Disney, and what they also just mentioned, the latest thing that's really helping it push? Social media, right? And now it's permeating even our own country on a massive scale. So Lord willing, next time we'll get into that. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven 
on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step. To admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven. I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon. That God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judges said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row, it's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know, it's actually on historical record, that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so, even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what He was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you could be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.